Good day, listeners. We present to you our podcast, Wounded Hearts, Wounded Churches. We discuss a variety of topics that are important to the church. Examples include sexual abuse, all types of addictions, religious abuse, and recovery. This platform provides counseling sessions, meaningful question and answer, and a counseling continuum. Our co-hosts include Ms. Lolita, Personnel Director, Mrs. Tennille, our Technical Director. We have an impressive array of program contributors. And I'm your host. My name is Prince, founder of Antioch Youth Center, 5013C program, licensed counselor, now retired. So join in this exciting podcast, Wounded Hearts, Wounded Churches, and be a part of the healing process. Tonight, I want to introduce our special guest, Nan. She's here with us. This is Stella Cabot. She's been saved 70 plus years. She was a wife, a mom, a grandmother, mother of, I think, eight at least, fifth generation Church of God. Uh, she has two sons of your pastors, nephew, a pastor, nephew that also ministers. Most exciting part, she works with us on Wounded Hearts. And, you know, tonight when she's here as a guest, you don't have to ask questions that are only on topic. Sister Kevin likes her questions of, uh, on a live basis. We usually give questions to our to our to our platform people weeks ahead of time. She doesn't do that. So if you want to ask a question off topic, feel free tonight. You have that option to do that. So again, we're glad she's let's give her a hand tonight because I'm happy she's here. And <laughs> glad, glad, glad she's here. If you have questions for her, you want to call her, you can simply call this number, the office number, and that's 478-283-9093, 478-283-9093. You can join us by texting us tonight at 1-866-538-3664, 1-866-538-3664. You can go to YouTube and type in Church of God in Macon, Georgia. You'll see the live broadcast there, the live banner there, Church of God in Macon, Georgia, in YouTube. Our counseling number, again, is 478-283-9093, 478-283-9093. We have a Wounded Hearts email also, and that's R-E-E-E-E-C-H-O-N-E at AOL.com. Again, that Wounded Hearts email is R-E-E-E-E-C-H-O-N-E at AOL.com. All right. So if you have questions, friends, get them in early because we have a chance to really dig, do a deep dive in some of these discussions. Uh, to our direct, do we have that clip on those, uh, the old church? Yes, we do. Here they go. Thank you. Friends, my, when I was a, a wee fellow, this was our church years ago. And we had young people, look at there. I mean, just wall to wall young people. Look at there, just choir. My dad was a young folks choir director back then. Now, just young people everywhere. There were hundreds of us, and just it was such exciting. I've got a booklet, and we'd have 600 on Sundays. Again, we have the two buses there, young people every, everywhere. And it's just so beautiful to see that. But today, I can hardly name you 10 or 12 that are still safe from that group. Look at that, just so many of them there. So, dear one, that's what we're talking about. How can we, well, our question, Sister Kevin, what steps can we take to keep 
our young people in church? What can we do to keep our young people in church? One thing I want to correct, I was married 70 plus years and I was saved 60 plus years. Okay. I want okay. to correct that. But I think the main thing is, is to get them to get an experience of, of salvation like they should. That people don't, uh, young people don't realize the importance of getting saved. That's good. Your sins are forgiven. But that sanctification is it True. because it causes yes. you to give up the world totally where it no longer has an effect on you at all and that's what a lot of people don't they kind of stay in the world and save and say they're saved too but you can't do the both you have to totally commit your life to God in order to live a life that is pleasing in his sight and I know when I got saved I know uh I, I knew I didn't want, you know, I didn't want to dance anymore. I didn't want to do any of those things. Anymore. But as time went on, I realized that it's something more than that. You're going to have to totally be in God's corner. With You cannot be a part of the world because if you do, eventually the devil is going to find something. He said, when the devil comes, he can find nothing in me. In other words, True. you can't come along with... Uh, uh, dress code or come along with friends or everything. We have to give up friends. I had to, there were friends I had that true, I loved very true. much. It's I can no yeah. longer, uh, God would show me, he said, uh-uh. The things they're doing, you can't be a part of them. And so that was, that's how it started out. That And as the time went on, God had to bring me to a point where nothing mattered but him. And that with that, you can stay safe. You and I discussed this about God saves and sanctifies us, but we can go deeper in our experience in being sanctified. We learn things. He shows things about ourselves, attitudes, whatever. We can grow in that area, can't we, as we go on? Absolutely. Absolutely. You see, he can work with us. As long as right. we're partially not totally committed, we kind of like to have our own way. We like to do what we what we want. You know, we don't may not somebody does something and you know we don't particularly like it and all and then we come to church and somebody's doing something that we you know that bothers us all all those things bothers the uh us that are going on but when you reach a point in sanctification even if it bothers you you come home and you pray god give me the grace and the grace is there and they the grace is there for them too but they don't really want it. They kind of mm -hmm. enjoy living in the flesh rather than living in the spirit. And this is why we have our older saints on because they've been through these things. Sister Kevin made a point that once you're sanctified, God can deal with you in a more deeper way. And that's so important. Do we have any questions from our listeners? We do. Mr. 313 asked, um, Sister Kevin, were you married first or saved first? Married first. How old were you when you were married? I was married at 19, but I turned 20 that year. And so uh, when I got saved, I was 28. Okay. And I'm sure, did your husband ever get saved? He never did. He told me in the earliest part of my salvation, uh, I was going to uh, become a teacher. In fact, that is what led me into salvation because of the fact Socrates, I was reading that, and Socrates was saying that he, um, that 
he was willing to die for whatever he believed in. And God uh-huh. talked to me and said, now Socrates said that, but what about you? You've been brought up in the church. And these are not the exact words, but you, he, he worked with me. So from then on, I began to seek God uh, as, you know, in a different light, uh, actually become aware of the fact that of my lost condition, I need to do something about it. So I had a brother-in-law, William Kemp, who was very committed. And so he would meet me and talk to me about salvation, talk to me about the Bible and all that. And eventually it led me to, uh, my mother invited me to church on one Sunday. And so um, I I had all kinds of distractions by being wanting to dress just right and all that. But anyway, when I came, I li- there was no message. There was no, he, the person preached the message, but it didn't, it didn't affect me at all. No song, no singing, no nothing. When he finished preaching, I got up and walked up to the altar and, and got saved. And so they prayed for Praise me, the but they asked me Praise if I was satisfied. And I didn't even know how to do this. Just because you're in the church of God does not, or brought up in the church, does not make you so, so you true. know what's going on. That's the truth. It takes that's, God to lead that's true. That's and true. I, that's I did true. not feel satisfied. And they prayed yeah. again. So when I went to church, when I went to uh, to uh, work the next day, the first thing I did, I, I, I was most the youngest there, and so this girl was asking me. She said, uh, "Come on, they want to see you do the cha-cha." And so I sat there because that meant I had to take a stand. So I came back. I, I sat there, and after a while, I said, "I can't dance anymore." And I, not in these words, but I said, "I'm saved now." So I said, "I, I don't dance anymore." And so she went on to say all about. Yeah, I know. I had church. We were in that church, and I mean, we know about the church and all that, and, and you know whatever she said. But I, it didn't matter. <laughs> I was not going to do it. So I was tried the very first day. <laughs> Any and, questions from our listeners? Yes, Mister Three and Three asks: um, Did you get? Did you getting saved have any effect on your marriage? Absolutely. Good question. It did because yeah. every, we had gone everywhere together. We had, you know, in fact. The, the, the just before I got saved, we would go out and I would drink. Just I hate to even say it, but I did drink just you know, uh, sociably sometimes, but only New Year's that was the only day. And so I was there and I was watching all of them on the floor dancing and doing that. And I just took my drink and poured it down the thing. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I said, This is this just it's nonsense, it doesn't, it is it, it, it's foolish looking at these people. And it wasn't long after that. I think it was in February or whatever when I got saved. Did he, did he, what was his reaction? He was used to you looking and, the way you look and you, you, you are, but you were beautiful. You were beautiful. I've got yeah, pictures. So, yeah, it was, it was <laughs> very were, difficult. You were beautiful. Very difficult. So how, how did that, how did he react to that? Well, he was the one when I, when I was so disappointed about not being able to get back in college. And he told me, he said, you just, he said, you go ahead and, uh, and with what you do, you know, stay safe. And I'm going to, I'm going to join you one day. That's what he said. And so I did at that time. So I did not, uh, I did not uh, ever, you know, turn after that. I did not turn back. That was another thing because that was something I really wanted to do. I really wanted to finish my education. So, but God blocked it. And so that was it. And then he moved away, and when he right. moved away, then uh, here in uh, Columbus, I certainly didn't want to move here. 
And my mother said, uh, Stella, you can't stay here. You have to go live with your husband. So I had to pack up and go. <laughs> Sister Kevin, how can we draw back those young folks who have backslid? And let me say this. If you're a young person tonight listening in, I want you to chime in. Tell us your experience. If you've left the church, if you're bitter, whatever the situation is, this is your platform to get some support and some dialogue. So, Mr. Kevin, those who left the church, young people, what can we do to draw them back? Or can we? Only God. I mean, because that's who you left. Regardless of what you say, you can say, mm-hmm. because even in my experience, I was just, God was taking me over some of my experiences and some of the things that people said to me that really hurt and anything. But, you know, mm-hmm. God was so good to me in that when they said something to me, sometimes I would go to uh, my pastor and tell him, and he would say, well, why didn't you come to me? I said, because I thought I was wondering if I haven't done the same thing and I'm just reaping what I've done, you know. So I didn't mm-hmm. take the attitude of that I'm any better than they are, that perhaps I have done the same thing to someone else. And so I'd be coming here and I said, I'm not coming to you for that. And even with situation with my husband, when things would come up and they said, what's your husband doing? I said, I didn't come up here to the altar for my husband. I came up here for me. I want my reaction Amen. to be Amen. such Amen. that God will be Amen. pleased with what I do. I'm not interested in what he does, but I'm very Amen. interested mm-hmm. if I don't do the right thing. True. So that's the attitude that we have to take is that we're, I mean, who are we when Christ did all he did for her? Who am I? It's somebody and that Linda tendon wound or whatever and all she went through and others that can come that have uh, stood the day. Who am I because someone said something to me or did something to me that I would leave God? I mean, he's all to me. And that's true. Mm-hmm. When I have to love him with all my heart, soul, mind, strength, if I love him like that, I'm not going to leave him. <laughs> Where am I going to go? And that's what happened. I was, I, the devil was pressing me about, uh, I didn't, I never drank in bars. I only, we would go and I would get uh, maybe uh, lemonade or something like that. But anyway, uh, when the devil was pressing me, you know, you remember you used to be out there and all that. And so I was on my way home from church one night and there was this little bar and I would go see here, uh, these different singers and all that, Sam Cook and all that. I like to hear them. And so I looked in there and I said, oh, no, uh-uh. I'll never go back to that. <laughs> I mm. mean, God just showed me how, uh-uh, no, 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 I was done. Mm. And that's why you have to be, you have to be finished with it. That's all. Not, that's nothing so true. you can bring to tempt you to want you to go back to what that's you so want. That's so true. Very yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Director, any questions for you? Not at the moment, no, sir. Mm. So, Sister Kevin, many times people let, situations and words we let them wound us too much don't we we, we, we absolutely, maybe, absolutely. Maybe, we're, maybe we're too thin-skinned why is that right because of how we feel about ourselves okay. <laughs> and not really right. if you're able to if you really look into it how what god forgave you for i don't care if you got read say the six years old you needed salvation and if Amen. you even took time to to for you as young as you were to to get you that way so you don't deserve it. We don't deserve anything. We came here with sin. If we continue, no telling what we would have turned out to be. So it's how we feel about ourselves and the very fact. And like I say, and if you don't think that much of yourself, just like with my God would show me, well, you know, maybe something you said or maybe something you did or that would come to my mind. I said, 
So I could be guilty of hurting someone and not even realizing that I did. True. So why should I hold them? Why can't I treat them right? Any questions from our listeners? I do have a question from Mr. 313. But before I ask her question, I did have a question of my own. Do you find that in this generation uh, that we're more sensitive than uh, in past times, like certain things or certain things we do, even as church people or church going individuals? Do you find that this generation is a lot more sensitive than we were in the past? I feel this generation is too much involved in self how I look, how I am, wanting to be greater than other people. The competition is great. They want to be somebody. They want people to look up to them. They want to, and see, you can't, that's not humility. (laughs) Humility is not trying to be above people. And you can't really enjoy other people be having successes because of the fact if you can't make it, then you want to pull them down. You want to say something that will cause people not to like them like they once did. So it's too much, too much self, how we, what I want. And it's got to be my way. And that's a prayer I pray all the time. God, make me easily entreated. I don't want it to be, you know, I've got to be this and I've got to be that. And I've got to run this. And that's another thing. People are control freaks. They want to control mm-hmm. you. I mean, you, you don't want to go along with them. Then they want to make you look bad, you know? So those are the things that this generation from uh, the 60s or whatever that has brought on when their deliberation, they think, when actually they're really in greater bondage, bondage than they have been ever wow. before. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Well, Mr. 313 asks, Sister Kevin, was it hard raising your children and staying saved with an unsaved companion? Good question. Yes, there were difficulties because he he wanted one thing and I wanted another. But one thing I established with my children from early age, and it just so happened that when I got saved, they were not very old. So, in fact, most of them that came came under me, the six of them, when I would, only came when I was saved, the other two oh. were when I wasn't saved, and so my mother was there around her more. But anyway, I established one thing. If you come to me, and you know, and I tell you you can't do anything, then if you go to your father, and he tells you that you can, and I'm going to whip you because you are trying to bring division between us. Division in the home, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. So if, if he said if he if he made the law at first, then I didn't I didn't I gave him the same respect. I would not do anything. But if I made if you came to me, then I was going to get you. So and then mm-hmm. they knew if they go to him for something that they know they're not supposed to do then, you know, they cared enough for me. They didn't want to be at odds with me, really, but on the <laughs> other hand, so they were torn. So that really helped a great deal. And then my husband, uh, Sister Butler, which was a great in our family, he was kind of afraid of her. She had power that he yeah. knew she had. Mm. And so when uh, she, uh, so then when something come up that he knew was uh, not what it ought to be, and the children asked, then he said, well, you let them do so-and-so. I said, I'm not. And I mean, at one time, it, the it, the pressure was so great, I went down in the basement, put my head down, and I just cried out to God because he was saying, mm-hmm. you do it. And his niece was there, and she was looking at me. 
you, you know, why can't uh, this person do this? Why can't she do so and so? And I said, no, I'm not. I'm not going to give the uh, the uh, opinion the thing. If you want to do it, that's it. And the same way with Daryl when I was trusting him for his body. I said, if you want to go stay in the hospital for the weekend, you go. I'm not going to that. I'm not. You can't make me do that. And so that really helped a great deal by me uh, taking a stand and standing and letting him, if it was on him, then he was afraid to do it because he had been around saints too much. Hmm. Friends, our, our time is gone. I've got <laughs> six questions in three seconds. We can't do it. Mr. Kevin, I want you to come back if you can, please. I want to hear more about your husband. I want to hear about your son's healing from that hernia that you mentioned. I want to get into that next week. So if you come back, it'd be a blessing. Friends, tonight, if you're listening and you've been hurt, consider coming back to Christ tonight. Uh, we're reaching out to you in love. We're here for you. And you can pray today, right now, to ask God to forgive you and help you. If you've been wounded, he is a healer and he's a helper. And tonight's your night to regain what you've lost. Or if you haven't got it, you can get it tonight. So we think our listeners, again, our wonderful, uh, those who called in, and our guest, Mr. Cabin, thank you for being here. Our director, Mr. Neil, and we'll see you on next week with Mr. Cabin again, same time. God bless you. Thanks so much.